This is the, the Tony Dill Podcast. My guest is a radio producer, Ekemini Joseph. Joseph. You have 30 seconds to pitch Ekemini Joseph. Go. Hi guys, my name is Akemini Joseph. People prefer to call me EK on your radio. I am a travel um, lover. I travel and I write. I share, I share stories of my trips and um, I do radio broadcasting, majorly um, development communication. And of course, I do digital marketing. That's exactly who I am in 30 seconds. Is it more than 30 seconds? It's not up to 30 seconds. I don't know. But that's actually who I am. I'm just an embodiment of different things. I do different stuff, radio, um, production, drama production precisely. And uh, I do I, 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 I do write, I travel, I write about it. I share my stories. And of course, I do digital marketing. That is who I am. Why radio? Well, uh, I grew up listening to radio a lot. Um, my 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 father had a, a radio set um, that had about twelve batteries, twelve to four batteries thereabouts. Then and used to use um, electricity to power. Uh, uh, growing up, I used to listen a lot to radio, especially on weekends when my my dad was always around. And um, I, I got to listen to a lot of AM radios plus the FM radio. I, I can remember um, growing up, traveling with my dad, uh, we used to listen to a lot of um, Radio Aquaibum, AKBC. And um, I used to listen to a, a whole lot of, of other programs on AM radio and, um, and FM. And uh, at a point, I realized that probably, probably radio is calling me, right? Um, because I can remember way back 2004, there about when um, there was a radio drama series that was playing every weekend. And I used to listen to them a lot uh, because my dad was making a conscious effort to make us listen to these dramas a lot. So I used to listen to the radio dramas a lot and I started writing. I, I, I can't remember um, how it started, but I remember I, I used to write out what they say. Uh, at the same time, we used to record. Oh God, we used to record record um, presenters, um, OAPs. Um, way back then, they used to call them DCAs, right? Um, doing their own stuff, record them on tape, and then rewind it to write to do exactly as they do. I, I can remember growing up that I, I I used to play lots of my dad cufflinks, right? The shed person thingy cufflinks, right? Um, where we keep it and we make it look like a micro, make it look like a microphone, and then we try to speak into it right as if we're presenting so i grew up a lot um feeling that and plus having friends uh, of the family who were actually into media doing radio uh, it was much for a push as a young person as a child that i wanted to be part of um, the industry but clearly to be very sincere truthfully i never knew i never knew i'm going to be in radio i knew that i had the passion the love for, for writing for for doing all of these things but i never knew i'm going to end up in radio uh, actually, I wanted to be a medical doctor, but lost out on the way, didn't do any of those. Um, I never even went uh, into the journey at all. And then I found myself here yeah, doing radio. How did you get into radio? How did I get into radio? Or more, <laughs> right, you know, truthfully, writing got me into radio. So I, I can remember um, way back then when I was um, done with my SSC, uh, I, I started scouting for radio stations I listened to most. Um, I was constantly listening to one of the most amazing stations um, in the South. 
um, south 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 east um that was um Peseta fm in umoya um in abia state uh, i used to listen to a lot of those presenters, Uche Igwe, um, Blessing Do, Pisagu, and the rest of them. So I, I, I built the in- interest in media. And I used to write for a program, my first, my very first stuff that I have done, right? I used to write for a program called Weekend Splash, Peseta FM. It used to happen every Saturday. I used to write content for that program. Um, that's how I got into radio, right? And I realized that at other points, I also got into radio by writing. Right, I can remember once, uh, by by by, I've done these things with um with Radio Nigeria, Peseta FM for a while, and then I was working in an hospital, right, uh, a a very small clinic. Then one day I got a call because I was trying to ask my auntie um about what it would take for me to get myself into radio, right, to be part of 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 the industry, and my auntie told me that when there's an opening, when there's an opportunity, she's going to reach out to me. So um, one day she called. She called me in an afternoon and asked me to come to the station um, within some minutes and I had to leave, get myself to the station, and then they did an audition for me. Um, sadly, I didn't pass that audition, but she she still had me in mind. Meanwhile, I was still writing. Uh, at, at this point, I was also writing for Radio Nigeria Atlantic FM, it was a flagship station in the south south um so i started writing for them a very early morning show you know um you get to these producers people who are producing this show find them on social media try to talk to them look i can give you content and stuff and all of that and i started writing writing content for this programming um when i got writing content for this programming it, it didn't really get me into mainstream radio like got me into being part of the family i was just that guy there giving um ideas sharing stuff giving in content right so all they did was create ah thank you very much akemini joseph gave us this or he wrote this and da 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 you know how that goes right um but one day one day i brought up a, a radio drama idea and as i got myself into radio so first of all i was a keen listener right and i i got the interest then i got in so I came to write the first radio drama. Then I realized, look, man, you're you're made for production. That's how I started. That's how I got myself into radio writing. So ever since then, I've been able to work with other radio stations across the globe. I've worked with HCCR Radio in UK. I've done something with Joy FM in Ghana. I've worked with a radio station in Kenya, creating content, doing production for them, and all of that. And of course, I've also assisted in doing a couple of other things um, um, right here in Nigeria. So basically, um, writing got me into radio. Writing has always got me into radio. And I know if I, if I live wherever I am, I'm still going to get myself into another radio station via writing. That's just what it is. Yeah. Who were or are your biggest radio influences? Ah, my biggest influence. Oh my God. Um, for one, right, I, I didn't listen to a lot of, um, I, didn't, I didn't get into radio because of entertainment, okay? I got into radio because um, I had this ability to write. So I saw an opportunity and I grabbed it with my two hands. That's how I got into radio. But influence, I used to listen. I used to listen a lot to, to Eshet Rocky Felansudo. Um, Rocky Fella is actually one of the most amazing entertainment guys in the States um, where I grew up. I grew up in Calabar. And of course, growing up in Calabar, we listened to a lot, a lot of AKBC, 
that's Radio Aquaibum, right? Even when there was CRBC. CRBC was for the young games, you know, play music, have fun and do all of those stuff. But I used to listen to um, Rocky Fella, Eshet Rocky Fella. And I, I used to listen to um, DJ Dolly Popman. Uh, he was a DJ who actually um, did much of the mid-morning belts shows, right? So I used to listen a lot to him. He was a good influence at the point. Yeah, I listened to them a lot. So basically, uh, I, I didn't have a favorite. Right, I didn't have someone I say, "Oh, this is this is my favorite person on radio." No, I didn't. But I don't listen to a lot of people up, up until now. Actually, I still listen to a lot of people. I still try to figure out what they do. I listen to everybody's production, which is my major core. I listen to a lot of people's production, so I can actually know where I'm not doing well and where I can make some some changes to. What's more challenging for you, um, radio production or radio presentation? Production or presentation. This is a very tough one, actually. Um, when I when I got into radio, right, I had a stint with um, aside from writing, which is production, easily for me. I write easily for me. I can create this content very easily for me. It was very easy. Um, I I got into presentation. God, I I didn't like the sound of my voice. You know, um, while 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 I was trying to get myself into radio and doing all of this stuff, I I, I didn't I didn't really like the sound of my voice. Yeah, I, I started with the Marant. Um, it was a recorder given by BBC Media Action to University of Yale students. I, I have a friend, Ukoedet is his name. Shout out to Ukoedet. He's the first person who actually made me touch a Marant. Um, I grew up to see a, a recorder in my house. Our dad had a recorder, but we never got to use it. Um, it used um, tape, tape. Yeah, so we never got to use it as kids. I didn't know where to get the tapes. I didn't know what to do with it. But I don't know how the old man used to use it. So I, I never mind. But it, it's it's all gone. But I, I got a recorder from Uko um, called Imarant. We used to record poetry together, poems, right? University of Uyo. I, I wasn't a student of University of Uyo, but I used to go around, go to the radio stations. I've swept the radio station. I have tried going on radio one day and I was young top. That's a story for another day. <laughs> okay. Um, so um, um, basically... Presentation is is quite difficult, you know. Uh, it might look like it might look like a walk in a park for a lot of people, especially when you have you have um, um, you know big people in, in the industry or you have people who um, how do I put it? People who listen to you a lot and then they call you and they are probably probably professors uh, in university teaching and they call you and say you pronounce something wrongly. Yeah. So that 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 is part of the challenges that we face in presentation. But production, or more, production is uh, is a sweet spot for me. But to be very sincere, it's quite difficult. It's 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 tactical, right? It's tactical to do. But which one is more challenging to me? Uh, if we're looking at the challenges in terms of um, which one do I not like most? I would say I wouldn't want to be doing more of presentation now. I would really love to do more of the production because I love production. I love challenges, you know. Um, I've done radio dramas. I've done jingles. I have done, um, I've done um, promos. I have done station imaging. I have done a lot of stuff, documentaries. Each and every one of them are not the same. So the moment uh, I see that something new, something challenging is there, it's sweet, so and so you be. So basically, I just try as much as I can to enjoy as it flows. So I, I, I don't, I don't really know which one is more challenging for me right now. Yeah. What radio formats do you prefer working in, and why? Uh, as well as Nigeria is not really so sure of the radio formats they are running, right? Uh, 
uh, we know now. And of course, these days we don't they see urban radio, uh, we don't they see family radio, we don't they see people self they try to do number one pigeon with a bit station and the rest. But true, true, eh? All more true, true. Listening to radio stations across the world, I realized that I love CHR so much. Contemporary, um, yeah, I love CHR so much. Contemporary, it's radio. Well, it's so sweet, you know. <laughs> Doing imagine for CHR radio stations are very amazing. Like, it's so lovely. I prefer CHR because, of course, good music, great talk. Everybody feels vibey. Uh, but in Nigeria, Omo. Well, whatever the case, I love CHR a lot. I love CHR more than talk radio. Yeah, that's the format I prefer. Okay, can you help me out with this? What does it take to be a good producer, a good radio producer? Oh, to be a good radio producer, I have learned one thing that you need to listen very well. You need to use your ear very well. You hear something where? It's number one stuff that you need to know. You need to have that jam, you know. You need to be able to pick sound, understand sound. What exactly is this sound? Is this rain or is it water from a shower? Understand the difference. That's the first thing. You know, your sound, you need to listen attentively, be able to pick sound, know what it is. One. Number two, you need to read very well. Or more, read everything. Read everything that comes across you. Read. Read as much as possible. Um, Number three, for me, what makes someone a good producer um, you need to understand your tools, right? Use your tools properly. If you are able to use your tools properly, you are going to be able to succeed. You're going to be able to come off as a good producer, right? So these tools are actually something that um, you need to know how to use well, properly. And when you're able to use them properly, then you are, you are a good producer. And again, you need to relate to people a lot, right? If you're able to relate to people a lot, well, um, you're able to find natural elements in your production. Because almost if you don't use natural elements in production, you're wasting your time. You are just you are just you are just there. It's bare. You know, natural elements is going to help your production um go as far as possible and that will make you a good producer. Okay, so you need to have interpersonal relationship with people and um if if you want to be a good radio producer, of course, you need to do that. You need to understand people. Because if you understand people, it's easier to work with them. It's easier to have that um, natural flow, right? So uh, you listen to a lot of programs and there is no connect. Um, being a good radio producer, you need to be able to relate well with these people, with your presenters, so you can have that connect with their linking and stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about radio drama. Well, not too long ago, it was thought to be a dying element of radio, but you seem to be succeeding with it. Yeah, share your story. Oh boy, radio drama. Hey, radio dramas are, um, are like the theater of the mind for me. Yeah, theater of the mind because um, radio on its own, it's a blind medium. You can't see nobody, but um, you, you listen and you feel and you engage. That's what I love about radio dramas, right? Uh, it's, it's actually one element of radio that I have, I have loved so much. I, I go into the environment. I see what people are passing through. I, I come back, sit down with the team, brainstorm. We write. We write a story. We form it into a, a, a script. We cast people as characters. And we give them the script. And then the voice. They act it. They live these stories. And um, it, 
come out it comes out fine i i feel i feel so so excited like i feel so happy about it you know um radio drama is like it's like something i i love so much it's something in media that i think i i, I should focus on more right I, I i don't know i just i just i just love radio dramas you know growing up growing up as a child and listening to story story 2005 is when Story Story began, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because I remember 2005, I used to listen a lot to Story Story. But growing up to see Story Story and learning a lot, learning a lot from Story Story. I, I, I learned from listening, right? I never had, I never had, um, how, how is it called now? I've not, I've not had formal training around, around writing dramas or producing dramas. I learned by listening. So radio dramas has been very, very uh, amazing for me. So, yeah, I love I love radio drama a lot, you know, especially the writing. They're going to communities, finding the stories, coming down, pinning, making it natural. It is it's just amazing. Come on. It's just amazing. What's your approach to a radio drama production? My my approach to radio drama production, um I I, I don't know, but much like much like um some some filmmakers in Nigeria. I think I think I weigh a lot of heart. Yeah, I weigh a lot of heart. Um, for for instance, I, I write, I write, I I I script, right? Like I write down the stories, I script the story, I cast. I can bring in people here. They do audition and I cast them. Okay, you are fitting for this part. No, you you're not really fitting for this part. Um, Excuse me. Let's let's find someone else that's fitting for this part, right? I cast, and um, I I am also doing a work of a recordist, meaning I carry the microphone, I carry um, the, the 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 recorder, I bring up a system, I set up this um, the recording the recording um, units, and I record the drama. I do that too, and I come back and I produce, I edit, I package. I add sound. I do sound design for the drama sometimes, even though I don't really want to be doing them again. I want to give it out to someone else, you know, build up the system so that we know that. Oh, look, it's not just filmmaking, right? This is like doing filmmaking for, for the years. People should listen to this. They don't watch it. They don't see it, right? So that's basically, that's basically my approach to it. My approach is very simple. The approach for me for radio drama is to first find the problem, Find natural stories around them, write, cast people, record, and then produce. Then we have we have uh, in in our organization made for radio, right? We produce contents like this for NGOs. We produce contents like this for organizations that want to pass a message, message around social and behavioral change, right? So it it takes a lot of work than just doing an entertainment drama. If I'm doing an entertainment drama. Um, which, which of course, we produce in different dialects, right? Like um, we've done an entertainment drama in Ibibio where people listen and they, they enjoy, right? Uh, I've done an entertainment drama kind of during the lockdown, Abon, um, uh, where <laughs> where someone was trying to, to, to ask a lady out but couldn't get to do that to the end um, before their flight was over. It was an entertainment-driven drama. I didn't want to pass any message aside from, ah, have fun, enjoy, laugh about it, right? So that was an entertainment drama. But we've done more serious dramas and the approach to them are very different a bit to me 
right? Because if I'm doing an entertainment drama, I'm just doing this to make people laugh. And I need to find out what um, looks natural, but is funny. If you, if, you, if you pay attention to it, right? So I make people laugh. I, I, I push it at that angle. And um, there are some production, like if I'm working for NGO, creating um, content for, for NGOs, what I do is I need to get to the community, find out what people are passing through. I understand their story. We do workshops a lot of times too. We do workshops that last us up to two weeks, a week, thereabouts. We find out what this is. We write, we storyboard, there, there, there are lots of little elements involved in radio drama production. We storyboard, we see if the story is actually natural. Do you think this can happen? Really, can this happen? And we figure out, yes, it can happen. Oh, no, it can't happen this way. Or this way looks so dramatic. It looks so mechanical. Can we make changes? Can we make it so natural? And we do all of those. Those are just the elements, the things involved in production of radio drama for me. That's the approach I pursue radio drama for me. Yeah. As a producer who experiences different traits among talents and presenters, how do you stay focused in the face of clashes during a production? Um, I've worked with um, a lot of presenters and I have worked with a lot of actors. You know, people from different places. People from different places who have different mindsets, who have different drive for something. Um, so the approach. For me, for me I, always, I always think first about my relationship with people. So every, every single person on my set, um, the last production we did, we had 70 people on set. Every single person on the set, I have a personal conversation with them. Um, I have a set of producers, right? A set of producers, um, people who, who have worked with me for more than two years now. And in the process, they've learned how to produce, how to direct, um, how to cast and all of that. So we try to build a personal relationship with everybody who are on our set. As long as you're on our set, we build a relationship with you. This relationship is going to help us understand who you are. It's going to help us understand who that person is. It's going to help us understand um, um, uh, what, what triggers a person's um, um, anger, right? Or what, what can we do that will make this person so excited? And in the process of doing that, we try as much as possible to work with that in mind. I won't purposely do something that is going to trigger that person's anger because if I do that, then um, I, I'm going to have serious issues, right, in this. And also knowing these people's personalities also helps us to understand how to sort out issues when it arises because somehow, truthfully, it happen. It has to happen. You know, someone will say, ah, the way you're shouting at me while we're acting, I don't like it. But come on, it was supposed to be on the scripts. That's what is in the scripts, right? So he needs to shout at you that way. But people don't see it because people have different traits. People are from different places. People grow up differently. So people think differently. So we try as much as possible to understand. I try as much as possible too, as, as well as my teammates, to understand exactly what someone is going through, to understand... Um, what triggers someone's anger, to understand what makes someone's ha someone happy, right? The moment we understand this part, it makes it very easy and sweet for us. That's how it works for me. Uh, a producer has toys. He has his favorites. I know I have mine. But what tools do you work with as a producer? Um, there, there are lots of tools out there that people are using to do this work. And sometimes you ask yourself, how oh, since I don't know this tool, it'll be like, you know, will work. Let me give you one. Um, while, while I was um, studying production of radio dramas, people told me I'm not going to succeed without using Pro Tools. Pro Tools is like the industry standard. 
for a lot of British guys and um and other guys around there. I understand that part pretty well, right? But I, I don't have pro tools. All my life, all my life, I don't the use audition, a double audition to produce and to God be the glory. I have mastered the tool. The tool is amazing, like amazing. Just understand what you're doing. So um, there's something, there's there's a popular quote people say, it's not about the tool, it's about what you are using the tool for or it's about the skill sets of whoever is using the tool. Well, it happens sometimes, but truth be told, if you don't use a good tool, you are wasting your time. For instance, you cannot say because I, they use Windows XP, Abby, or on a system where they use 2 gig RAM, come to use Adobe Edition, say you go work well. It doesn't work that way, bro. You know. So what we do is simple. We use a tool um, that, that matches the system we need, meaning you need to invest in tools. If you don't invest in tools, it's not going to work. People have told me a thousand and one times, EK, don't buy a recorder. Record directly from your microphone to a DAW. Come on, man. It doesn't work that way if you're growing. You need to invest in tools. So what did we do? I started my media journey with Marant. Then I use a Sony, a Sony Pocket, right, that records records on the go and you need to come and sit down and extract that i i i use that and at a point um i use um zoom i was introduced to the zoom well bbc media action came around i was introduced to zoom um i use zoom h5 a lot that's 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 where i started zoom h5 i used zoom h5 for more than four years and currently i own a zoom h6 it is an amazing tool I have ever used in my entire life. Zoom H6. It is so lovely. It has um, four channels that you can use your microphone, that you can connect the microphone to. It comes with two, two um, microphone. Um, um, how do I put this now? It comes with two microphones. The microphone I need to put on it, right? Like the, the built-in microphone, kind of. The microphone for Zoom. It comes in and it has a clip on top of it that I have to put the microphone on top. It it has two of those came with what I bought. And um, it has four channel for your microphone, your external microphone with cables, right? So the two other microphones that I talked about are the attached microphones, the one you can attach, clip into it and use directly. But um, currently I'm running with a, a, a microphone that runs via a cable to this into the channel one of the channel i'm using channel one now to record so it has that that's that's the tool i use and i use an headphone um this headphone is called akg k92 that's the headphone i'm currently using now for this recording akg k92 that's the headphone i'm using so i use a dynamic microphone um i i i i i, I use a behringer cable to my h6 and recorder right so if i'm doing outside recording i use a boom mic a boom mic yeah i use a boom mic run it to the zoom and that way it's easy for us to run that's actually um what it works that's how it works for me right that's the tools that i use and i use adobe audition adobe audition adobe audition i love adobe audition i've used adobe audition cm i i started with adobe audition 3.0 Alongside Cool Edits, because the radio station I worked with um, used a lot of Cool Edits, more of Cool Edits than Adobe Audition. But I used Adobe Audition 3.0. Then I came over and I switched as Adobe progresses. And I'm currently using Adobe Audition 2019, CC 2019. That's the Adobe Audition I'm currently working with right now. Yeah, and it's amazing. Those are just pretty the tools that I, I use currently for my production. Yeah. 
Kemini, you're the host of Sits with EK on uh, the Nectar podcast platform. Um, I see it running on Facebook. Um, it's got an awesome page. It's an awesome studio. I often envy the equipment you guys have. Let's talk about podcasts. What do you think about podcasts in Niger? What I think about podcasts. Podcasts are amazing on-the-go radio formats that plays on whatever devices you want it to play on. I think it's actually the future of broadcasting. Everybody now is a broadcaster with that. Everybody can share their ideas, can share their stories. Everybody can now say, look, this is who I am with a podcast. Podcasts are amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. Will podcasts actually um, replace radio? I doubt. To be very sincere, no, it won't. But it has reduced a lot of listeners to radio because radio um, is dynamic. But a lot of people think radio is not dynamic, especially the older, older folks who has been in radio for a long while. They feel um, anything can go. But radio is very dynamic. And since radio is dynamic, um, you cannot do away with the number of people that gets to listen to a radio station or gets to listen to certain programs, right? But um, podcasts replacing radio, um, it, it might look like the future of it. But I think if, if radio stations in Nigeria do not want to, to be pushed aside, right? They need to upgrade. They need to be able to run podcasts. Podcast. How do I put this now? Podcast C. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound right. Podcast C. Yeah, that sounds much like it. Podcast C kind of content. You know, what I mean is they need to loosen up a beat, loosen up a beat and share the content that people want to listen to. Right? Yeah. So uh, um, podcasts might not really replace radio but it can enhance radio to a lot of other 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 dimensions that's why i think yeah let's get back to radio now let's talk about the regulatory body that we have the nbc now how would you describe their role especially in light of recent events um nsars last year the twitter ban this year and god knows if anything else is coming nbc the umpire himself <laughs> NBC, they're like um, our politicians right now. To be very sincere, um, I've had I've had um, my own alterations with the NBC over a period of time. I'm on one love. I love those guys, man. Um, first of all, you need a regulatory body to to keep any industry going, any industry that is serious going. Radio is one serious industry, and regulatory bodies are actually helping this industry grow. But of recent, to be very sincere, of recent, I'm going to say my mind. Of recent, the NBC has become a political tool to shut down a lot of people. Nah, it, sh- it shouldn't be that way. NBC, they ban you, but they know they follow their code. Do you understand? It's so annoying. Like, you have a code. You have a code. Now, this code, they carry you this thing, but you know they follow them. No, no. It doesn't happen that way. Do you understand? So, the moment the umpire himself, the umpire, and they call him himself because now guy, he get pride. Stupid pride like this. Uh, so, it doesn't really make sense when when you trample, you trample on the same codes you place. It doesn't make sense when you're, you're trying to, to kill the thing you're promoting. For instance, let's talk about the Twitter ban a bit. The NSAS, right? They didn't allow radio stations to talk about the NSAS. If you talk about the NSAS, so God be the glory, you are supporting you are supporting the SAS, the NSAS movement. That's what NBC actually passed on. At the same time, the NBC also with the Twitter band, they wrote letters across radio stations that no radio station should be using Twitter um, with VPN or whatever. 
But whatever the case is, um, NBC should be like the umpire trying to trying to be a, a watchdog to protect the industry as well as the consumers. Yeah, because the code of conduct by NBC protects the consumers in a way. Not to hear vulgar, um, vulgar words, not to hear um, um, things that are not morally upbuilding, up right? At the same time, protecting the media house with codes. But of almost like this, eh? we don't they lose hope. To be very sincere, I'm saying my mind though. I'm saying my mind, NBC know they try these days. Even like I say they don't buy them over. Like they are not supporting us, they're not doing this. Almost have you, you listened to the code, the new code that NBC is doing? Uh, seriously, I, I've given up on them. I've just given up on this. Whatever it is, we just know that there are codes we need to follow, and we need to follow those codes. But last last, eh? I don't understand again, Sha. Because you go to some states, eh? And they are they are NBC codes. But some stations they do what in no day the NBC code. What the NBC code has not given approval for, they are doing them, right? So it doesn't really it doesn't really make sense to us. That's just it, man. Now, which one do you enjoy doing more? Radio hosting, podcast hosting, or production, and why? I enjoy production more. Why? Um, I'm I'm much of the behind the scene guy, right? I'm much of the behind the scene guy. I love I love having an idea of what this will sound like and then try to create it, right? I create it. It's sweeter to me than me being in front of the microphones, put being being put on the spotlight. Almost a lot of people will be presented as you understand now. Uh, they get all the fame, popularity day, but no day. You understand now? When I did Loki back in, nobody know me. <laughs> Nobody know me now. Now see me. So uh, I feel just waka, enter road, do what I want to. You know, catch me for my voice, right? But when I used to be a presenter, uh, my my social media bios, of course, were also bearing that. And you realize that a lot of people will see you, and you are you know a lot of people. You might walk into Plaza, for instance. You know, you're trying to go and buy one or twos, right? And people will see you and know, ah, Iki, how far now? This one I came in here. But being a producer, being behind the scene, it's so sweet. So sweet. I enjoy it. Aside from the creative rush, right? And um and the ability to be out of spotlight. I love being out of spotlight. Seriously. If I if I have a way to 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 allow someone else be doing all of those spotlighty things for me, I'll be so amazed. I'll be so grateful for it. Yeah, that's why I love production more. Tell me your three worst pet peeves. Pet peeve. What's in this thing that means, Seth? Pet peeve. What thing do they mean? Something where they vex me. I be something where I know they like. I don't like Kurokere person. You understand? Try this straightforward. If this thing not like this, if now black he be, tell me say guy, now black he be. Let us understand. I don't like Kurokere person. That's one. Two, what else do I not like? What else do I not like? No lie. Lies. 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 Lies no good. People people just do the lie. Eh? And what is what else do I not like? Oh, pet peeve, pet peeve. Ah, or more. Plenty things there with to lie, but it's make I mention three. I don't mention two. Why is it that when once you ask someone a question, right? Uh, it looks like it takes it takes a lot of time to think about it. But normally, you get some things why not like pride. If you are too proud, it's not it's not bad to be proud. Yeah, be proud and loud. But if you are too proud, ha. I don't feel comfortable with it. Yes, so that's it. Three. I don't mention her. 
What's your favorite meal? Haba. This guy don't chop for his life. So in in every states in every states or every new city I get myself into, right? I try as much as I can, as much as I can to eat what they pay, what they have. Um, on one of those journeys, right? I went to Oweri for a class to teach radio production, and one of my friend Mira Amarachi, Mira, one of the best sports presenters in Oweri, took me out, and then we went and we had amala. Oh my, I love amala! I love amala! Hey, amala is great. So, but is it my favorite? I don't know, but amala is great. I love afang well. I eat a dikanikong. I love a kwankoko. Uh, I, 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 I love the black soup of the Bini people in those states. Um, I, I love a gusi. I love owa. Owa soup. I hate owa in enugu. The old man put two meats for me, collects me extra money. I didn't know, but I love owa. I tell her, man, she give me extra. <laughs> right? I, I love, I, I don't know, but do I have favorites? What really do I go out for? I, I don't really have. I eat a lot of things. I eat almost anything. As long as people eat it, I try it as much as possible to also consume it. As long as it doesn't kill, yeah. Favorite? I don't really have one. Yeah, I I, I love beans too. <laughs> hey, what's your favorite drink? What's my favorite drink? Water. Shall we the drink water? Water and a drink. I love water. Yeah, because um, I don't understand what these people are mixing again to sell for us in the name of um, um, in the name of carbonated drinks, right? You open something, you go, Bush, you don't know, right? So I prefer something natural. So I, I, would, I would love to do more of fruits squeezing, right? Water. Amazing for me. It works for me. Yeah. What legacy do you want to leave behind? Legacy. Where I won't leave behind. Lega, legacy. Hey, um, legacy that I want to leave behind. Um, Ekemini was a great guy. Who loved people a lot. Who shared joy as much as he could. And always um, try as much as he could to make people happy. A great radio producer. Produced amazing content. And we love the content he created. That's the legacy I want to leave. I want to leave a legacy that people say, look, there was someone in this country. There was someone in Africa. Where you could go up to and he will produce amazing radio drama productions that's the legacy i want to leave and everybody wait around me or more i just want to make everybody learn make everybody make things happen make everybody try to do stuff that's the legacy i want to keep thank you Akemini joseph it's been a pleasure having you okay thank you yeah it was uh, amazing having this conversation with you tony um I, I yeah sure certainly we are going to do this some other time <laughs> You're wondering who came up with my podcast theme music? I'm pretty sure it's Techzilla. That's right. And you can find him on social media links in the show notes. Subscribe to the Tony Doe podcast wherever it is you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you like what you hear, do buy me a coffee. The link is in the show notes. Thank you for listening.